right. Uh, welcome to a very special episode of Mike and Dave Hit the Stage. I'm Mike, the angry wizard. And I am Dave. Uh, Grassi could not be here. He had a small issue. Uh, and by small issue, I mean he had to have his circumcision done. They made a small mistake and it took a little more than they should have. So he's now down to three inches. Sorry for that 50% discount. All right. Anyway. <laughs> He wanted to send some sort of video. Yeah, I don't know. From, on vacation from a pool. I'm not going to let people think he's doing doing something cool and having, and having fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. He's at home with a bag of peas on his dick. There it goes. Yes. Right off the bat. Prick. <laughs> anyway, uh today we're going to be doing all the stuff that um Can't that be Grassi would not do. So today we're going to be doing uh long songs. Yeah. This was actually a long time coming for me and Mike because we do crap like this all the time, but we used to do it and Roxy. Roxy. Yeah, we would put a song on, go around, do, and this wasn't like when we had um party all the time on loop where yes. the band kept coming out and hearing the same song over and over, but the songs were like half an hour long, 20 minutes long, something like that. So yeah, we'll put the album on. An hour passes, two songs, great. Because of the songs you picked. Mm-hmm. I chose not to include some stuff. Okay. I think with every list that we cover, I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna, there's gonna be stuff I wanted to put on but didn't because I've either covered it in another Epis- form mm-hmm. or have that band already on here. Right. Like I purposely stayed away from Dream Theater because I thought you might go to them, and I stayed away from Dream Theater because I thought you and I know all Dream Theater. True. Very true. But well, all the newer stuff, not so much. Right. Uh, no offense, but it just doesn't tickle my. Yeah, it doesn't grab me. It doesn't tickle my, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's start with yours, and you really went right for it. <laughs> not not in not in terms of length. I knew this one. I I, I apologize. No, I don't think you should, because it's not. I bad. know you don't like Rush. That's the thing. Okay, Rush twenty one twelve first song on the uh, on the list. Is that the entire? Is that the entire title? No. Um. No. It actually the title is twenty one twelve. Then there are a series of subtitles through the rest of the song, which I didn't really copy down, but I can. Uh, the Temples quick. of Syrinx and Discovery. It's Overture, The Temples of Syrinx, Discovery. There's more after that. I of guess that's where are. it just cuts off. Y- yeah, there's probably a character limit. Yeah. But um, this, because you put this on here, I'm like, I can't put Face Warning, A Pleasant uh, a pleasant Shade of Grey. Why not? Because I didn't feel it was fair because it's not one piece of music. It is one piece of music divided into 12 tracks for easy absorption well the, one of the later songs the same thing was done with uh elizabeth part one two and three no uh one of my later songs oh um, yes uh the healing colors of sound yes the same thing was done with it and that i was lucky to find i actually really wanted to put that one on there and i was lucky to find on youtube music one that somebody had spliced them all together yeah the splicing actually makes a huge difference yeah because this as back to russian 2112 I talk a lot of crap about Rush, <laughs> and it it's more my dislike of them than their inability to do anything because they're all phenomenal musicians. Out of the out of this stuff, they're not my favorite. Uh, honestly, you did pick my favorite, and I'll get to that later. But mm-hmm. this was really good. It gets a little bouncy in places, right, and it well, gets a little noodly in places, yeah. but it is. Amazing. And normally I would make fun of Getty Lee's voice, but in the context, it fits. 
Right. And also the noodly part you're talking about in the middle, again, the entire song is a story. Yes. Of um, future society, dystopian society. There is. No... <laughs> I hurt myself rolling my eyes. <laughs> I know. Ex- Dude, it's 1976, I want to say. 75, 76. And he, the, and. I don't know what made that sound. But okay, I thank you. At least I wasn't the only one that heard it. I, I think my computer just had a Windows summary. <laughs> it's going to be one of those I, I days. Thought, I thought it was going to censor me because I was about to say, the drummer had just finished reading Anne Rand. and um, Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. And this is based off of Anthem. Okay. But in, in Anthem, the idea of the individual didn't exist. And in this one, the entire idea of music doesn't exist. And that entire noodly bit is in the story. This guy, he goes, he finds a guitar somewhere, and that's he's literally learning how to play guitar. Oh, that would explain the noodly bit. Yeah, exactly. That that makes me feel a little better because I'm like, I know Alex Lifeson can play better than this. Yeah. And I just don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. And um, the story for this album is actually kind of funny because um, they had just finished touring for Crest of Steel. The first album came out. It was very Zeppelin-esque, uh, hard rock. Like almost like a bar band kind of thing. I could imagine with that. a different drummer with uh, John Rootsy on drums. Okay, fuck him, I guess. Yeah. Um, then they did uh, "Fly By Night," which started with first album with Neil Peart. Started going a little more progressive. So, you know, it was bouncing back and forth. Um, Crest of Steel went really off the deep end on some stuff, which is the most power metal name for an album. Yeah. I mean, like they they have a song on it called "The Necromancer." <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, and then the label was like, look, we want something more commercial from you guys. So what they do, they come out with an album where the first song is side one and it's 20 some odd minutes about uh, 20 some odd minute science fiction epic. I, you know, I, I will defend it mm-hmm. just because a 20 something minute song can't be all Lord of the Rings all the time. Right. But it can be and it will be. Yes. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's pretty much the way it went. So like even with an interview with Alex Lifeson, he was kind of saying like this was our protest album since the label's telling us this. We're like, OK, we'll do it. We'll do it. No problem. We'll do it. And we handed this over to it. It's really just a it's not even a fuck you. It's a full fist. Yeah, exactly. It's I like I said, it is good. It is it is a it is not even the longest song on here. No, uh, I noticed something. I did something because of my uh, my brain. Mm-hmm. I put them in. In time order, they got progressively shorter for me. Oh, like my songs. Okay, because that's how my brain works. Okay, but I was like, no, but my next song is actually shorter than this one. I know. Yeah. Okay. So my my first choice Mm -hmm. was, and this is actually one of the things I'm like, I have to do it. I can't Mm -hmm. stop myself. The Odyssey by Symphony X. Okay. Now, what did you think? Okay, first thing on it. Oh no! I, no, I it, well, I didn't hate it, but it just was a little. I never really got into Symphony X, obviously. Um, and the opening trills on it, you're gonna probably want to throw something at me. With like, the orchestral, the, the str- yeah, the orchestral th- trills. It sounded like the opening of Dynasty. No, that's not really. That's not something I'd beat you up okay. about. It is such because they don't have an orchestra, right? Uh, these are guys from Jersey. Yeah, you know the singers of Black was the Black Knight from medieval times. Right. <laughs> Still funny. On stage, um, swinging the sword. They don't have an orchestra ba- uh, to back them. Right. This is all programmed. Okay, makes sense there. Their keyboardist. Uh, oh, that's one thing I was going to ask. Did Jordan Rudas play on this? No, this is actually their keyboardist. Okay, because, Jason. And then my. I'm sorry. Rulo? I have no idea. Pinella. I made a point of not looking things up yeah. as much as possible. 
I there's only one list I look mm-hmm. stuff up, and it was literally to start yelling at you. <laughs> literally just to yell. I think I know what song. I know exactly which one, and I, you you know it already. Uh, it's the list or just song. Well, Maybe we'll both. To, I'm okay, not we'll get to it, it later. But right. with with the Odyssey, yeah. What did you feel? Um, I liked it, but it like okay, it's like I didn't hate it. Okay, but it's not something I would go back to. But what I wanted to ask: What year did this come out? In in comparison to Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence, this is like two thousand four five. Okay, so after Six Degrees, probably because the a lot of the keyboard runs sound like something Jordan did on Six Degrees. The keyboard sounds, the pads, a I lot of it. I don't remi- agree gave, with that. Was given me the that. pads, yes, but when it comes to the runs. I think that was of the time. There was a, every yeah, progressive band was, was doing, doing that. that. And to be fair, Jordan Rudis really does lead the way when it comes to the keyboard. Yeah. He is a he, wizard when it comes to it. He's a, he's, he's magical. Like the, he's the Eddie Van Halen a keyboard, basically. Yes. I, I can't think of anyone who would even step up to his mm-hmm. level. True. Like if they did, you know, they do G3. Well, they used to do G3 every year, and it was Vi Satriani and another guy. Yeah. It would be Jordan Rudis and then, like, two guys just... Derek Sherinian and... it just And Kevin Moore. It'd be the yeah. three guys from Dream yeah, Theater. Yeah, pretty much. Maybe Getty Lee. Yeah. But he doesn't no, do solo keyboard stuff. he's really a keyboard, keyboard player. He, even, he says he's not a keyboard yeah, player. He's a... He, sim- I've seen yeah. him play more keyboard than I've seen him play bass. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, I don't watch a lot yeah, of stuff true. with Rush. Okay. He does right. more with his feet than I do with my yeah. hands, so I really can't knock him. Yeah, and the other thing that got me on it was like early two thousand, so I'm sure it was real drums. But yes. they just sounded like they were pro tooled to hell. Yes. And but, that is a complaint about I wanna say the 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 all the two thousand drum sounds from yes. Symphony X. Well, and the guitar sounds. That's my complaint. You're just gonna come this is this is actually this is like my issue. Like, which is just this is all this is strictly a me thing. Like with a lot of music from the last twenty some odd years, I'm listening to it and I can hear it. I'm like, that's either a drum machine or sampled or triggered or this, and I just don't enjoy it. It takes me out of the songs. Well, I know why. I know exactly why. Because it sounds fake. Because you're a drummer and yeah, you can it, tell. It just it just sounds fake to me. From my idiot ears. Yeah. If it if it's a good rhythm, I'm like, it's a good rhythm. Right. It's a good rhythm, but it's kind of just like, Neh. you're like, that's yeah. But, but what I had also put on, I think it could have been something with just like maybe the like the copy of the song that I got I pulled off of iTunes because I'm listening to it on headphones and it was like, oh, this sounds like freaking shit. I could have take it. I'm listening to it at home on speakers, freaking cheap Altec Lansing PC speakers, but it sounded better that way. So it could be where it was coming from. So there, there's a there's a thing that exists before I want to say 2010, 2012. Mm-hmm. Music wasn't designed to be listening earbuds. Right. We it, had the when the first time UFK went to record at Powerhouse in Astoria, we had the boombox, the boombox test. Yes. The guy would RCA into an old school boombox, play it. Does it sound okay? All right, we're good. Keep going to the next step. And now people are like, does it sound good in AirPods? Mm-hmm. And it it may, but it's not going to sound great on speakers. Right. It's going to be too bassy. It's going to be the, or one way. It's one or the other. You can't get both. Now with this, I always found that. The bass was almost in the background. Yeah. Which for a guy like Mike LaPond is weird because he's such a great bassist. Their uh, drummer, he's a good drummer, but the, I've I've really never heard a drum tone that I've enjoyed mm-hmm. from Symphony X until 2010, 2012. All right. And that was their second to last album, Iconoclast, 
which is amazing and very different from this. This this style is very well to talk about the Odyssey. It's based on the Odyssey, uh, written by Homer. Right. So it's it's a Greek epic, and you know the there's been thousands of things written about this and, and movies made about it. And it's just a grand story. And to, to hit it with what, uh, 24 minutes of, of music. And there's only like three seconds of non, like nonstop sound. Right. Like three seconds of just like a lull. And then it picks right back up. And the, the, the keyboards, I've seen this perform live and it's amazing. Not their most amazing live performance of a long song. Uh, I had to choose down from two. Okay. The other one was the Divine Wings of Tragedy, which is 20, 21 minutes, which they usually do live. And it is it has it starts with a four-part harmony. Okay. The entire band has to sing. Oh, God. Can they sing at least? Yeah. Okay. That's good at least. I don't know about the... I don't think I've ever seen the guitarist sing. Okay. But it's the drummer, the keyboardist, and the singer. Okay. So it's not like the... And the uh, it's not the Dream Theater situation where you have uh, Portnoy singing and it was like a little... Mm. <laughs> Oh, I love Mike Portnoy, but, but mm, he, he, live backup vocals. He's know. gotten better with uh, Winery Dogs and Neil Morris, but still. Yes. He, and <laughs> something else we're going to talk about on, is it, yeah, on this list. Mm -hmm. He's on another one of these songs. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Back to uh, Symphony X. Um, this album, The Odyssey, this is not the best song on there, but this is the grandest song. I, I see what you mean. It's not the best song, but it's the most epic. It is absolutely the most epic song yeah. I've ever heard when it comes to this mm -hmm. type of power metal. Until we get to the next track. <laughs> because Which... you really, you whipped your dick out on this. <laughs> what? You picked, this one? I didn't, th I didn't even think about how long Iron Maiden songs are because they yeah. don't register as long well, songs. And the thing they... is, the newer Maiden songs are even longer. Maybe that's why I checked out. Okay. Anyway, I, the, I, the next song on the list is Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, Iron Maiden. Yes. Fucking classic song. You, um, all I put in for my notes on this, it's Iron fucking Maiden. How can you not like it? It's, it's hard it. to argue Done. that. I've had a... That's it. And one of two songs, the other one, which is another... Uh, it's a long song, but not as long, Inspired that I know of that were inspired by uh, Coleridge, which was uh, Xanadu, based off of... Inspired by Kubla Khan. Um... Uh, uh, by Rush, and we're back to Rush. Now. Yes, exactly. But um, yeah, yeah. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner from the album Power Slave. It's just, it's, it's one of those things. Uh, yeah, this is. It's a, like a thirteen-minute song that does not feel like a thirteen-minute song. Almost fourteen minutes. Okay, but it doesn't. It feels maybe like a four-minute. Mm -hmm. Like it, it doesn't drag down, mm -hmm. and it has several changes. That yes. make it feel fresh every maybe two or three minutes. Yeah. It 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 it'll go from verse to chorus or mm -hmm. even like solo sections have a different feels and different like swings. And this is the thing that I know if we played, Mike would be like, this rocks, and then he go, but it's too fucking long. Yeah. That's it. That's it would exactly be his thing. He's like, oh, I forgot. And he about can't that defend one. himself right now. So <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry it's not an Operation Ivy three thirty three <laughs> second song. Yeah, but, I can't even make fun of them. They're not bad. Yeah, but this is just—it's just freaking epic. It's Maiden, Maiden doing it's. I, I can't even say it's like, uh, especially once um, Dickinson came into the band. Like, I can't even say like the medieval theming, but it's just because like you know they would have because like the troopers not really medieval. That's why. No, but um, but, but they, you know what I mean that historical that historical epic song. 
but their historical references are always so specific. One, because of Dickinson. Two, because of Steve Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, I found a new appreciation for Paul Diano as time has gone on. But uh, Dickinson, he's, 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 what, it. he's what was meant to be in this band. Like, forget the person. He's the voice. He's the writing style. Him and Steve Harris do most of the... Uh, most of the the arranging and, and writing mm-hmm. and it's phenomenal it's it's blinding how good it is yeah and live they're insane you mm-hmm. said he had uh, uh flamethrowers at the last yeah show. we went to see them on the um it wasn't legacy of the beast tour whatever the most recent ones uh diana went to see them in jersey i want to say last october and when they're doing flight of icarus he's literally got a backpack on with a pair of flamethrowers and i'm just like he's gonna set someone on freaking fire on stage but he didn't at least, yeah. Everybody, I guess everyone knows to stay away from him. Yeah. And, you know, although at the last, um, although recently <laughs> I saw something on um, Ultimate Classic Rock that he did something like he went to hit the gong behind Nico, and it knocked it off the stand and it landed on Nico, and Nico kept playing with a freaking gong on his back. And that that's unfortunate. You know, Nico had a stroke. Yeah, and I know, but he's doing he's doing better, pretty, but pretty he, good considering. In in I think he said January. Yeah, in January, Nico McBrain had a stroke. Uh, Iron Maiden's drummer. I hope he gets better. Yeah. It's. He's, I want to say he's seventy. He's yeah. They're not young. So if you're able to catch them on the upcoming tour, because they're doing it's the future past, I believe, where they're revisiting um, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son um, and Somewhere in Time. Oh, the check we- them out. The weird albums. Yes, I love those. Yes, check them out. I think my first, like the first album I bought. <laughs> this is gonna sound fucked up. So apparently, when I was in high school. Somebody literally brought a stack of Iron Maiden CDs and then another kid beat the shit out of him and took the entire stack and sold them off in front of him <laughs> like some sort of musical cuckold. Oh, my God. The first Maiden album I bought was at, was going back was Number the Beast. The second one that I picked up was actually is actually the day it came out was No Prayer for the Dying. Okay. Which really is not a good album in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it's the first album with Yannick Gers on guitar because Adrian Smith had left the band. Yeah. Um, it's not a good album. It really isn't, but it just has that, you know, you know, like that first thing that you buy when it first comes out. It, it just holds that place in the, you know, that place in the back of your mind that you'll go back to it, you'll enjoy it, but you can admit it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Black exactly. Album. <laughs> Metallica's Black Album for me and... is that. It's not my, yeah. I know you hate Metallica. Yeah. Now I I like Metallica. It's not my it's not my favorite album, but it mm-hmm. holds a place in my heart right. as the first. It's a nostalgia trip. Yes. Um I think Black Sabbath um Paranoid is that for me, even though I like okay. Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath better. All right. And all the Dio stuff more than that, and Tony Martin stuff just as much as the Dio stuff. I really have controversial views on Black Sabbath, and I know you don't like Black Sabbath either. We'll get to that in another thing. <laughs> Yeah, I had a, I, I did a thing. Yeah, you, you're you're gonna need to actually start playing solitaire on your phone while I go on a rant, and then just freaking like muzzle me or something when we get to that. <laughs> so let's go to the next one. And okay. I knew this was gonna work. Okay. Uh, this is the Ivory Gate of Dreams from Fate's Warning, but this is the live version off of the second disc of Still Life. Okay. Disc one is a pleasant shade of gray in its entirety, which I did not put mm-hmm. because I thought it didn't feel fair because it is technically twelve tracks. 12 separate pieces, but they are part of one cohesive story. Right. It's not, it depends. On I wasn't they, sure about putting it no, on No, it here. depends how they put it together. Because even if you look at one of the, la- at one of the later songs, uh, 
um, actually the next song on the list, that one is broken into sections also in the yes. liner notes, but it's really just one song. One song, song. one, song, the one story. They, yeah, the way they put it out. And I was going to say, I see what you did with this one on the placing on the uh, mm-hmm. on the track listing, because the Ivory Gate of Dreams is a quote from the Odyssey. Yes. Because... That was incidental. Okay. I hope you know that. <laughs> All right. But the it, it's also the next shortest track on, in my list. Okay. They literally go into these. But the Ivory Gate of Dreams is like the song like I heard. Okay, so Luigi, you know, Luigi. Yeah. Uh, You guys should know Luigi. If you don't, you're fucking losers. Um, Luigi once handed me a mixtape. I've talked about the Mm mixtape on here of stuff. And there were two tracks from Fate uh, from Fate's Warning. And I love them. Yeah. And he said, you need to check out this, but don't listen to the recorded album. Get this instead and gave me. The live, uh, the live version to look at, and then I went and bought it myself, mm-hmm. and I listened to the first, the first disc, which is a pleasant shade of gray, all the one way through twelve, yeah. without interruption. The way I think that most progressive music should be listened to the first time, and I fell in love, and then I was like, I wonder what's on the second disc. I put it on, and this is the first track, and it was a kick in the neck, like it changed the way I listened to metal. It changed the way I felt about metal, because. It's heavy and it's soft and it's it's aggressive and then it's laid back. It's got all those mixtures and all that big sound. There's no like there's no standard keyboard parts and there's no standard um there's not there's not that standardized progressive metal sound. And which I think Fate's Warning has grown into over over time yes. into a very unique place. And this is also when I found out who Joey Vera was and how he was gonna change the way I think about bass playing forever because mm-hmm. he is such a laid back bassist, but he's so good. And this also includes one of the weirdest um, drum parts. There's uh, the part where it speeds up in the middle and it plays, I call it a reverse pattern. Okay. Where it's like, it always felt like those should be reversed in my head. In my head. Yeah. It doesn't make sense in the real world. But in my head, I always said fast, then slow, then fast. Right. And hearing it in reverse literally flipped my head. Yeah, it's just it's done like that just to add tension. And it adds but, a great amount yeah. of tension. Yeah, I loved it. You know, personally, I actually had went back to, I don't know, again, I don't know if it was just the mix, the headphones, whatever the hell it is. I went back and actually listened to the, the studio version because it was clearer to me. If that makes it any is sense. clear, it was a, I guess a cle- um, cleaner sound, for lack of a better way of saying it. Yeah, I, I, I was able to enjoy that more. It's a, but I know what it's you a were more going controlled for. sound, and yeah. the, the the argument that Luigi has with uh, a pleasant shade of gray mm-hmm. is the argument I have with it. It sounds cold, processed, and mechanical. Yes, it's cold, clinical. It's very, but when you hear the live version, it is, it you can hear the bleeding heart in it. Uh, the thing that I loved about the last time we saw, well, one of the last times mm-hmm. we saw Fate's Warning together was that uh, the studio at Webster Hall. Right. And everything had that that tinge of emotion. Yes. Like it had been a rough tour. They were on the, like the, towards the end of it, you could feel they're, they're, they're tired, but they're in love with what they do. It was amazing. And they, yeah. I, from what you told me, I thought they, I, they thought they were going to be the end of touring there. Like they weren't going to go out again. Okay. And then they decided to do, end up being two more albums albums. yeah and then their last tour has been as of yet their last tour and that kind of hurts me right but i know that um ray adler has his has a new solo album out i don't i would know i don't know if he's touring on it though i hope he is i his voice is amazing since he 
since he stopped smoking, which I didn't right. realize he was a, like a, a long time oh, smoker. When we were on when we were online to get into Webster Hall that yeah. night, he came out to smoke a cigarette, and he's actually apolog he was apologizing to everybody online because I wanted to do the meet and greet for the way that Webster Hall was running the meet and greet from. But I know we spoke about this. Yeah, uh, that last was a, time we talked. Yeah, about we'll them. be we'll be out by the van. Yeah. You know that, that that was the conversation yeah. at the end of the show, mm -hmm. which was a fuck you to the the venue. Yeah. Now we got to do it. What? What's wrong with this we, one? No, there's nothing wrong there's, with it. There's everything right with it. Yes. This would have actually killed Mike. Yes. No, I've I've played this for him before. I know. <laughs> but I don't think he actually stuck with it. He, no, he did no, he didn't pay attention. And he did I think he checked out like 4 minutes in. Yeah, he checked in long before like and I think like 10 minutes no, 7 minutes in is where the vocals kick in. Yeah. So, <laughs> next up is all of the above from Transatlantic. From the album Simpty, S M P T E. Yes. Which is an acronym for their last names, but it is also the pattern. It's the... Um, it's a test pattern for both for photos and video. Yeah, for uh, MIDI. It's also for video yeah. and photo. Um, we use these in X-Ray to calibrate uh, to calibrate the monitors for X-Ray. Okay. To get perfect black, perfect white. Mm -hmm. Unrelated to the song or anything else, this song is all the above. It is 31 minutes long, and it is... Perfect. One of the best ways I've ever spent a half hour. Yes. In college, this was handed to me. Once again, yeah. Luigi, you have to listen to this. <laughs> and I said, what is it? He goes, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> listen to this, please. I took it. I put it in the thing. And I sat on the bridge at Hunter College and listened to the whole song. And I'm like, at first, I'm like, the singer reminds me of Richard Marks. And that is not an insult. Like really? I really, I don't see that at all. I know and you I don't. listen to a ton of Neil Moore stuff. I I love his voice. Yeah. So how I found this, I knew this band was in the works for a while, because you were also a Dream Theater fan right, long before I was, I was a Dream Theater fan, and it was talked about. I and the um, I could have sworn I think he may have talked about it in, an, in a Modern Drummer interview, or maybe something like I wasn't really on his on the forums on his website. Back, back in that, oh, yeah, showing our age. Yeah. But he was still, you know, or I, I read something about it. And you know that Roy Stolt was not going to be the original guitar player. Who was? Jim Matthews. You know, that's that's amazing. I don't think he would have fit. Right. Exactly. It would have been a completely different band. But what happened was Petrie Wavis, the bass player, was in a bicycle accident and broke, I think, one arm or both arms. I don't remember. And Did Roy Stolt save him? <laughs> yeah, basically. No, but he was, he couldn't play. So everything got pushed back. And schedules didn't line up, and they brought in Roy Stolt. Oh, Jim Matthews is the guitarist guitar player for Fate's Warning. Yes. So when so I heard I knew this was coming out. I was working at Roxy. Back this was back when albums were released on Tuesdays. Before now, everything's released on a Friday. Um, went to the Virgin Megastore, Times Square, picked up the album, pick up some other stuff, get on the subway, put the disc in my disc man, so hit play, and. It, I listened. The one song was my entire commute from Manhattan to Long Island City, and then the walk from the subway to the studio, and it was just perfect. That was all I could say. You Freaking mentioned perfect album releases on Tuesday, which mm -hmm. reminds me of the second biggest faux pas in history. Mm -hmm. uh, Dream Theater recorded a live album. I had the original pressing of it. I did too, and I lost it in in that unfortunate fire that took out my uh, the basement apartment yeah this uh, mine disappeared in a move somewhere i think i was like purging a lot of stuff and it went so dream theater did a live album to support their scenes from a memory tour and it was called live scenes from new york 
it was to be released on September 11th, 2001. The artwork was an apple with the city on As fire. As the stem. Oops. On fire. Yeah. Well, it was also the Sacred Heart emblem that they yes. used in the Images and Words cover. Yes. So it was, it was A very... A play on that. It was very apropos of their stuff. But then September 11th happened, like, we can't release this. But some stuff had already been shipped. Right. All the stuff through, like, Columbia House and, and mm -hmm. you know, BMG Music and all that stuff. All that had shipped, so they couldn't get it back. So we were lucky enough to have copies of it. Was that the DVD, too? No, it was no, just the DVD. No, the DVD was separate. The, the, the DVD, DVD was a separate uh, yeah. separate artwork, too. Right. And released almost a year later. Yes. But it was amazing. The The live album was phenomenal. This, now to, to go back to what we're actually talking about... I saw Transatlantic at the Wetlands. I was at that show too. I know we hadn't met yet, right? And it was me, Luigi, and somebody—some dude with a big head. It might have been another guy named Sean that we know. I hate that guy. <laughs> Fuck him. He's never going to listen to this. Yeah. He doesn't like me either. Fuck him. I threw a base at him once. <laughs> oh my god! Like a baseball bat? No. Oh, okay. Like a spear. Oh god! My five-string LTD base has a chip in the headstock. From where I, I I literally threw it, I'm like the spear longinus. I did not give a fuck. Yeah, don't throw your bases, kids. Yeah, an old bass player of mine has had gotten into an argument with his girlfriend that was at rehearsal, and he was like, "Well, you just stop." And he's like, "I guess he just like smacked, like you know, punched the bass, and the strap popped or something. Oh. It went down, strings down, the headstock, bloop, just That's snapped it. the headstock right off. And it's it was a five string also because there is no such thing as a locking headstock nope. on a base. <laughs> There's no using that until it gets uh, replaced. Yeah. Um. Back to Transatlantic. Mm -hmm. The name is actually because you have Mike Portnoy and Neil Morse from America, and uh, then Roy Stolt and um, Peter uh, from Europe. So specifically, uh, Portnoy from Long Island, um, Neil Morse from California, L.A. L.A. He's an L.A. guy. Um, now Nashville. Truavas is English, English and, and Stolt is Swedish. Swedish. Oh, I always think uh, Dutch. Yeah. I always mix up Swedish uh, Swedish and Swiss for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know. I'm stupid. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's a different story. I'm not allowed to say that <laughs> to your face. You know, the doctors told me not to. Yeah, I know. So back but, to the, yeah, back back to the, to the list. song. This is, but this is actually one of like, one of my Desert Island albums. This entire I, album. I will agree with you. And, we all need some light was played at my wedding. Yeah. That was actually, um, my wife walked down the aisle to, we all need some light by transatlantic yeah. with no regrets. It is a mm -hmm. perfect song. It's yeah. not, not apropos to a wedding, but it's yeah. beautiful studio version or studio. the, okay. There, there's a, there's another mix of it with Roy Stolt singing. Oh, the Roy Stolt mixes. Yeah. Which I think is light years better. I like his voice. I do like his I voice. I can't stand his voice, it's weird. but I like it. Yeah. It's she says he sounds like a, he's trying to sound, he sounds tired and he's trying to sound like Peter Gabriel. Sleepy Peter Gabriel. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's, that could be the worst sound I've ever heard. Sleepy Peter Gabriel. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to think of him trying to sing Salisbury Hill while yawning. Oh my God. <laughs> That's where my brain yeah. goes to the worst possible event or sledgehammer while trying to just like scratch his back and move around. Yeah. Terrible. Melatonin sledgehammer. <laughs> I think I found the name for my next project. Oh, God. The melatonin yeah. sledgehammer. Okay. It's right up there with the uh, Benadryl culotta. <laughs> All, right. All right. Next one. So this is Camelot with Elizabeth part one, two, and three. <sighs> what happened? 
Okay. This is live. Okay. To be fair. So this yes. is from One Cold Winter's Night. Okay. Here's the thing. Oh, no. This is, look at the... Can you see the first line I said? Oh, sweet Jesus. That's the first thing on my notes. Okay. It's not I love Kiss. Thing. I love hair metal. I love all this cheesy shit, right? Yes. And... It is cheesy shit. Yes. These lyrics are worse than that. Yes. Oh, my freaking God. You, you know Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, yes. Vogon Poetry? Yes. This is, is worse. What it felt like? This is worse. This is the girl that wrote the worst poetry known to man that somebody chewed their leg off to stop from dying so they could crawl away or something. Lyrics this and was, vocals by Roy Kahn. It, I'm sorry. It was bad. Well, the good news is he yeah. he's no longer in this band. Okay. Um, this, it, it, the singing was good. Yeah, he's a great but voice. But the lyrics, oh my God. And I was just like, and then I'm listening to it. I'm like, Venom did this entire content better with Countess Bathory and an eighth of the time. <laughs> I love this song. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I don't love it for the same. I love his voice. I don't care about the lyrics yeah. when he's singing because the way his voice carries. Yeah. Um, their new singer, Tommy, whose name I can never remember to, to pronounce correctly. Mm -hmm. I think it might be Kavik, but their mm -hmm. current singer, Tommy yeah. is so much better. He's got a, a even though a less operatic voice, a better voice and a better writing mm -hmm. style. But musically, I actually liked this better than Symphony X. Really? Musically, I liked it. And these guys have toured together. But the lyrics just killed me. Hold on, I gotta rub my eyes. I'm sorry. No, no, just... I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. It just, it was just, oh my god, it hurt me. It's, it's not, it's not good. But it's still kind of good. But it's not good. Right. It's definitely not like, great. It, it, like, I don't, like, I know I have a thing. Like, if I'm going to just put music on in the background and have it in the background and not pay attention to it, I could listen to this. But if you're going to have me sit down and pay attention to the song, and you know how I get when I'm analyzing a song that yes. I'm, like, I'm freaking dissecting the goddamn thing. Like, in, like you do the thing I do where you yeah. just hyper-focus. Yeah, exactly. I just could not not focus on it on this list i had such a hard time because i usually do this in downtime at work right and then and this, when you have a 75 hour song you no can't no do it that. actually wasn't that I, I i would sit there and i'd listen to something and i get so into it and then i'd break my concentration to do something when the song was over mm -hmm. and then i'd have trouble getting back, back on the list the, yeah and that that was annoying me to no end yeah but like musically great singing great Words. Words, no. And now a funny Countess Bathory story for you. Oh, no. <laughs> My old death metal band, we were playing our first show. I actually got into this band working at Roxy. Their drummer was leaving for school, and they're like, hey, you play drums? Yeah, all right, why not? I went, I jammed, and I spent two years playing with them. Uh, we do our first show. We run out of music. People are like, one more song. Da. They're like, you know Countess Bathory? I'm like, No. So the bass player is telling me the changes on the song and giving me an idea of what to play through the song as we're doing it. I had a moment like that at a show, and I almost committed an act of violence. My last show with this band, I don't talk about them. Mm -hmm. uh, my friend Lou was also in the band, so okay. people who know us can figure out who we're talking about. Um, the guy decided one more song because he sped through most of the songs. Oh. So we had room for one more, and he picked a song I did not... Not only not know how to play i had never heard before he picked whole lot of rosie by acdc which i was not familiar with at the time okay at least it's a he easy goes song. just follow me and then turns his back to me oh my god that kind i could have and i was i was playing 
a six string. You've seen my my yeah. my LTD. Mm-hmm. I, a six string baseball bat neck bass. I could have literally taken him out in one swing. All right. Now speaking of one more song and somebody being taken out with a bass. UFK were playing some place in College Point. It was a um, big place. They had a main stage in one room, another stage off on the side. We're playing the side room. Who I don't know who booked. I don't remember who booked the show. I know it wasn't me. But um, no one said anything to us about there being a backline. So, you know, because this is back in the day where you had to bring your entire drum kit. Yep. You had to bring all your amps. You had to bring everything. So at the time, I'm using this big-ass, gigantic rack system with everything on it. No cymbal stands with me. Giant. I've seen it. Yeah, you see well, the pictures of it anyway. No, I, I remember no, I got the... that. I sold that thing before I met you. Really? Yeah. So the kit you were using after that, the one that you had in in was it in the in Studio C in the closet. That was no, that was in Studio A. That was the kit from in, uh, Internal Suffering. No, I know that was internal. Yeah, I no. know that. I thought I no, thought I'd I had seen no you with a rack kit. No, no rack. No. I would have Reckless like 15, bastard. I'd have 15 things on one symbol stand. That is but, true. Yeah. You did. It looked like a Christmas tree. Yeah. It, it was like an erector set. But uh, anyway, so the, and the, the, the sound guy was such a fucking asshole. And I'm like, no one told us there's a back. Like, I don't have symbol stands. He's like, well, I'm not moving the drum kit. I'm like, well, how am I going to set up? I'm not moving the drum kit. All right, whatever. So we set up the drum set in front of the drum kit. So now the entire band is all crunched together in the front, in the front. Keith, on bass is setting he's, he's getting he's setting up and then the sound guy starts screaming at him to stop playing because he's trying to set the sound up for something else but it's bleed from the other stage where i climb out from behind the kit grab the cable and i'm waving it in the air saying he's not plugged in you jackass whatever so finally we get ready to start playing first song in it's just drums uh, drum and bass intro keith goes this way mike goes this way headstock to face Hits the ground. That's a good kiss right there. I, I pick up the first verse. We go through, and that's it. Then at the end of the set, we're going to, okay, he's like, okay, one more song. And this guy was just being an asshole the entire time. We look at each other like, what do you want to do? Because we had two other songs on the list. One of them, Healing, actually could have made this long song list. So we're like. you're the, This is the second time I've heard the name. I still have healing? not heard the song. I have it on my computer at home. Uh, it's a it's Barry wrote everything on it. He wrote it. Uh, arranged it, told everybody what to play. It's a, it's a total Barry thing. I feel like those times where Leo's like, I wrote something, you want to hear it? And he'd just play you an entire finished piece of music. Yes. And then you'd have to either learn, learn how it. to play it or change it to make it your own. We always, yeah. we we always end up changing yeah. something. But uh, so he had, you know, so we um, so we start doing the song and it's long and it's got changes and it has pauses. It has this. And you see the sound guy come running up like he's ready to stop. And we keep going. And he's like, he's about to stop. No, And he keeps going. And he was so we never played there again after that. But <laughs> well, the idea is, why would you want to go back if the guy's a True. douche? True. Well, we don't know what the sound guy was like in the other side. And who knows if he was a fill in guy? True. You can't go by that. Oh, man. The the days of playing at places and. We had Shadow had a policy of being nice to sound guys because mm-hmm. I worked at Roxy and we you knew. have to be <laughs> the pigeons. Every Kevin would just go shake the hand, the sound guy's hand, put a couple of bucks in his yeah. hand. That's the way you do it. It was always it was always that way, and not because you want them to treat you better, but you know they deserve. They're yeah. really making you sound good. If mm-hmm. you sound like shit on stage, it could be them or it could be you. Yeah, but you want to make sure it's definitely not them sabotaging you. Yeah. And I've heard bands get sabotaged. I've seen the smoke machine of death. Yeah. UFK got sabotaged at a Voodoo Lounge in Bayside. 
I don't remember if I told the story on Wait, here or you just answered a question that I could not remember the name of a place Voodoo Lounge where I I saw um, October Thorns play at the Voodoo Lounge. It was either Voodoo Lounge or Crocodile Club. It was the same place, it, different names. It was Voodoo. And before that, I think it was like uh, Jimmy, like my uncle's place or something like that. Which is the second worst name of a place well, next to your mother's house over in Jericho Turnpike? Yeah, no, no. I, actually, I think they were the same owners. No, no. Your mother's house is a like a restaurant, like a. Oh no! But there was a club out in Long Island called with a similar name back in the uh, in the late eighties, early nineties. You mean like that biker bar I played in uh, on Sunrise Highway in two thousand ten? Strokers and Jugs. Maybe, I don't know. By the way, those are motorcycle terms, and they have nothing to do with tits or a penis. Uh, I found that out when I got there. I thought we were going to be working the weirdest strip club in the world. Oh, God. But with a Voodoo Lounge show, we roll in, and we were splitting gear with sudden fear. They were bringing the amps. We were bringing the drum kit. And again, rack system of doom. Um, sound guy was friends with this other band, and he wanted to get them into on a – like we had the uh, a later slot. He wanted them to be on the later – time slot i guess play in front of more people he goes all right you guys you're up next i'm like no we're not what do you mean i'm like you see that pile of metal over there he's like yeah that's my drum kit it's gonna take me more than five minutes to put that together i'm sorry we we set it up with um i think it was mary that was booking the place that ended up doing a red zone later on okay um we like we're scheduled for whatever the hell time it is no we're not going on now yeah all right sudden fear you're up next and i was like no they're not they're using my drum kit <laughs> and you know whatever so it just it was like just one of those situations and finally we go up and play the guy fucks with the entire monitor mix turns on the light in the sound booth and walks out that's a dick move yep now i've i know a few guys who do sound at places i have never seen any of them do anything like that because they're probably professionals i've talked about joe and if Joe really didn't like a band, if they were acting like dicks, he'd just fog them out. Yeah. Now, he wouldn't fuck with their sound. He was very professional about that. But if they fucked with him, he fucked with them right back. He'd blast them with enough fog to take down the fucking... <laughs> it, it looked like... The when, movie, The Fog. When we talk about the fog of war in gaming, yeah, where you can't see past where you can't see... Yeah, you could not see your hand in front of your face. Oh, it was bad. Was that was that, fer was that Ferret? We saw that was one it? of the yeah. I've seen him do it to other bands too. Oh man, that band sucked a bag of dicks. Mm -hmm. They were so bad. I looked at my now wife and go, "I think I want to leave, but I want to walk out while trying to hit one of them." <laughs> like I was going to take a swing at one of them on the way out. Yeah, they were. I could have made it. They too. were not. They were not good. What was the band that we wanted to see? Symptom that was, Seven, and then no, there was, it wasn't. No, but there was another band. The Priest that, cover band. No, it was a bunch of young kids. That were doing like almost like a, like a like I don't want to say a hair metal thing, but they were doing like a more straight ahead rock metal band. I don't that remember they were their supposed name. to be playing there, and Ferret got on because they they dropped out because they had a family emergency something, or something. Yeah, and then Ferret was put into their place, I and they fucking I suck. like I remember this band. I used to see read about them like on Metal Sludge. It was something like that. Because that was also the same night with Symptom Seven and yeah. Victim of Changes. Maybe no Vict victim of changes wasn't a priest tribute band though, that was a victim of changes was another Roxy band. No, then it definitely wasn't victim yeah. of changes. It was it was a I just they, they were they were a Friday night uh, Roxy band, but they weren't a maiden tribute. I just remember maiden the, tribute. Oh, sorry, a uh, priest tribute. Okay, sorry. I finally got one where I didn't yeah. fuck up. Sorry, I, I see maiden in front of me. <laughs> we're not doing another maiden song yeah, on this okay. on this list. So yeah. So we back to the list. Back to Cam <laughs> fifteen minutes Camelot, later. It, it's so unimpressive the writing that we had to go and talk about other things. Yeah. Now 
Let's talk about another member of Transatlantic. Transatlantic. This is the Flower Kings featuring Roy Stolt. That is, is his band. Right. The, Love is the only answer. Mm-hmm. Off the album, The Sum of No Evil. This is the happiest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. This actually, this one bothered me. It was so upbeat. Okay. I could see that. The thing is- I was getting nauseous. His stuff is very, very positive. Yeah. This guy- HIV positive. Should have been, like, this guy probably wishes he was a hippie. He is a hippie. And- He's the second hippiest, per- and I hate to do this while mm-hmm. saying it, the second hippiest person I've ever seen in he- in hard rock, heavy metal, progressive yeah. music. The other one is Arn Anthony Lucasen from Star One and Arion. Okay. He, the fucking hippies. I mean, like- Okay, funny thing with uh, oh no, it wasn't Ariane. I'm sorry, I was thinking of something else. The was he the same guy that was doing the um, uh, uh, Jorn? Uh, no, the uh, Landy Alan Land? A- Alan Land stuff. No, that's that's Jorn Land and uh, Russell right. Allen. But who was the guitar player that was doing all that? Oh no, I don't know. Because I thought it was one guitar player that brought the two of them in on it. Oh God, I hope it is. Anyway, the drummer on those the first you gave me the first three albums of that, like Showdown, this and something else. Showdown, uh, the battle, Showdown, yeah. and Revenge. The the drummer from that, uh, Jamie Salazar, was the original drummer for Flower Kings. Just small world bullshit. That is strange. What? No, I'm trying to I'm oh. trying to think because I'm I'm trying to think of who's the bassist for. The Flower Kings is that um, at this on this album is um, oh my god good Jonas Reingold okay it is Jonas Reingold yes his he's bass, one of my favorite bass players and I was period. about to say that he is so phenomenal his his sound is so I I don't even know how to describe how thick the sound is and I know that sounds uh, I don't know how to describe how dirty that sounds in my head. Magnus Carlson? Oh, it's Magnus Carlson. This is the same guy who from uh yeah, Okay, so I had put on a previous list a song with uh Dino Jalusic. Okay. From Magnus Carlson's um one of his albums. Okay. Uh I don't know what uh, what band he's from. It's not uh Arn Anthony Luke. Okay. Arne, I was just Arne I was Anthony just curious. Lucasen. Yeah, Arn is responsible for Arion Star One. Okay. Um basically those two projects are what I know him from. But they are so grand, and they've had almost every singer that we talk about in progressive music that has shown up on them. Oh yeah, including um, Neil Morris, uh, James Labrie, uh, Bruce Dickinson in Star mm-hmm. One. Um, uh, oh man, who's the singer for Nightingale? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, man, Dan Swano. Mm-hmm. That's Dan Swano. Um, Rob Sodebeck. Um, can't you know, Mike name. would be snoring in the corner right yeah, now. Yeah, he's snoring now. <laughs> he, I hope, I hope he has to listen to this. Yeah. And he goes, "They're fucking my shit up." Mm-hmm. But he wanted, like I said, he wanted to do a little video of him by the pool, and I wasn't gonna let that happen. <laughs> Fuck that. Show you having a good time. I gotta edit this shit, motherfucker. <laughs> but uh, yeah, with enjoy this. your circumcision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. The, there's also a recurring thread through all through every song I've put on this list except for one. Oh no! Did I miss? Did I miss a reference here? Yeah. What's the album cover for the Sum of No Evil? You're looking at it right there oh, on your phone. Oh, that's right. All of these you have tattoos of. Yes. <laughs> so Mike has album art: Sum of No Evil, Transatlantic, um, Twenty One Twelve, and the vocal melody of a later song. Okay. Now here's a question. Yes. Um. I don't have Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. I was going to say, no. do you have anything for Iron Maiden? <laughs> no. 
like Eddie the head on the on your lower back? No, 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 no Eddie uh, tramp stamps. There's something to be said about a tramp stamp. No Too matter furry. even what. Too furry. I know he's. You are half a Wolfman yes. transformation. Werewolf by midnight. That's me. Oh my god. I remember the first time I you wore like a regular shirt and I saw it creeping. I'm going to take my necklace out because it's now making me itch. <laughs> creeping out of your neck hole. But it's up here and yeah. I can see hair. Squabber. I'm like, that's where why, is it coming from? That's why from? I keep the beard longish. Kind of cover yeah, it up. Yeah, he trimmed yeah. it down so it doesn't look as wizardy. wizard as much. But uh, yeah, um, this song has like one of my favorite rhythm sections of all time with, of uh, Jonas Reingold on bass and uh, Zoltan Soares. Yes, that, that is. Zoltan. S-C-S-S. O with umlauts over it, R-S-Z. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Who I knows? Don't know. but I, he I, probably can't pronounce yeah, it correctly. But um, I've seen these guys uh, live at uh, the bottom line, 2002, I want to say it is was. Is the bottom line even there anymore? No, it's some kind of, it's an NYU something or other building now. But um, yeah, these guys could just play their freaking asses off together fantastic fantastic uh like just the music on this is to me is top notch i it know is, it's too happy for you it is way but, too upbeat for my loving yeah. but it is to my liking it is great mm -hmm. and these guys are phenomenal uh jonas reingold okay so i use you you've seen the one pedal i use yeah i want to take it to a place and go hey can you make me sound like this yeah because i don't know how to do it i don't know how to get that i'm tone. sure you could email him i probably you know i never let, thought okay let me okay Back in September or October, forget when it was, 2009, going to practice with the Pigeons at, um, it wasn't uh, Funkadelic. Um, I forget which studio it was, but it was not too far from the garden. El Electric Ladyland? Maybe? No, it wasn't. No, Electric Ladyland re is, is a recording studio, and that's on 8th Street. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. So I'm on 8th Avenue, walking south behind the garden. I got my stuff with me. I'm walking down the street, corner of my eye. I'm like, that's Roy Stolt and Jonas Reingold. <laughs> and that's when he mugged them. Yeah. I turn around. <laughs> Gave I the go, New York hello. I, I turn around, go and talk. You know, and it, it was them. They had just played uh, the New Jersey Prague House. Oh, wow. With uh, like, eat the, not with the Flower Kings, but each one had a separate band and they were touring together. And nerds. Yeah. And then later on, Facebook, whatever, I was following them and I had took it, took a picture with them, posted it, whatever. And it came up the memories and I reposted it years ago. And Jonas Rangel there's like, I remember this. That was so cool running into you on the street like that, whatever. So if you're on, if you find them on Facebook or Instagram, try. I'm going to have to start bothering people. Tag him in this. <laughs> God. <laughs> See, now the problem and you won't, is. But it won't be hate. Like oh, it's what definitely not the other people. No, that is pure admiration yeah um his bass tone is so he does a lot of fretless work too. yeah and i have two fretless basses i don't play them very well i play them well enough I, i'm knocking myself down i'm not a bad fretless player i am a better standard player better five string than four better six than than four but um yeah no it's if i could get that tone on anything mm -hmm. i would i would play that all day every day because that tone is perfect and it fits like it would fit everything except for like Iron Maiden where you need the clank. Right. Now that, that P bass two finger as fast as humanly possible mm -hmm. clank. Ugh. another feeble fingers, Jonas Reingold now. So I got geezer, Jonas Reingold, Steve Harris, Joey Vera. I actually watched a video on how to get Joey Vera's bass tone. And by doing and by getting his bass tone, I mean, he was showing how he records and he's using all these pedals. And I literally just screenshotted everything and adjusted pedals till I got those sounds. 
That's cheating. the best way to do it. Yeah, and he goes direct, so it's all uh, it's two direct boxes. Okay. And I can emulate all of that mm-hmm. in that one pedal. Suckers! But yeah, back to this. I know it's happy. All his stuff is happy. It is. And like, uh, like I was re- like in my notes, I was like, he had put like when he did his very first solo album, because he was doing a lot of like prog stuff and he was doing pop stuff in Sweden. It's a Swedish band um, over, you know, doing a lot of pop stuff, session musician stuff. And then he started doing his own thing. And his quote was like, it was an album that had tried to unleash the forces of good in the negative, violent, aggressive, competitive, competitive music business of today. Reinstate the old hippie ideas lyrically and musically. And he keeps doing it, but which is funny considering that I'm the angry wizard. I listen to a lot of happy crap. You do. You listen to the most upbeat. Yeah. The second most upbeat shit I've ever heard. But it's. My son listens to the most upbeat shit I've ever heard because he's a kid. Yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, that was the. That hurt my brain listening to that. I actually just. Zoned out? No, I didn't zone out. I heard every bit of it, but it made me want to punch through this table. (laughs) This is IKEA table. I'll go right fucking through it. It just made me want to just jam my fist yeah. into it, which says more about me than than the music. It's more of a mental problem mm-hmm. on my part. But if you're if if you're listening to this, you've never listened to heard them before. If you're a fan of Yes, Old Genesis stuff like that, give them a listen. Yeah, they're definitely if you're into Old Genesis, I I definitely agree with Yes. I I kind of consider them their own sound because it's very upbeat. Yes. No, no, uh, no the Flower I Kings. Yeah, I know. We'll get to I yes. was agreeing. So let's go to the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is God of the Sun by Sons of Apollo, which is the most re- recursive reference I've ever heard. Yeah. Apollo being the God, God of, of the, the Sun. sun. Um, so for reference, Sons of Apollo is Mike Portnoy, Bumblefoot, Ron Thal, real name. Fucking stupid nicknames. Uh, Derek Sherinian, Billy Sheehan. Am I missing somebody? The singer. Oh, that's right. Jeff Scott Soto. Yeah. The incomparable Jeff Scott Soto. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that there was a Hispanic person ever in Ingve Malmsteen's band <laughs> because he was whitewashed the fuck out. By the time the videos came out for the stuff that he was in, he was not in the videos. It was some white dude with a receding hairline. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen those? No. The video for I'll See the Light Tonight? I never really... Oh, my God. It's terrible. The guy's got... It's like up here... And he's like, it's eh, a different singer that a different guy. It's a different guy than Jeff Scott Soto, but it's he's Jeff Scott's voice. It. Yeah. Okay. Which we'll get to my issues with that in a later list. That has nothing to do with this song. Yeah. So this was uh, this band is literally Portnoy saying, "I'll start my own dream theater with blackjack and hookers." Yeah. It's he. He left in 2010, 11? 10, I think. Ten to tour with Avenged uh, Sevenfold after the. The, the death of their drummer, the Rev. Mm-hmm. I forget his his real name. Another one with a nickname. I hate fucking nicknames. Um, so he was expecting to join the band at some point. Yeah, I think he was expect. No, he um, he was expecting to join Avenged Sevenfold after he left Dream Theater. Yes. It's not that he was expecting he didn't to do leave both one at the same time for the other. Right. He left one because he was musically burnt out with Dream Theater. Right. And I think what happened, if I remember correctly, um, I think what happened was he finished the tour with Avenged Sevenfold and then he wanted to take a break. And then Dream Theater was like, no, we just sat here with with our thumbs up our asses while you were doing this tour. We want to do something now. 
and that's where it uh moved from. And then we we got the best and worst uh tryouts for drummers yes. in the history of mm-hmm. uh progressive music. Mm-hmm. Who thought Derek Roddy would be a good fit in Dream Theater? I don't even know who the hell that is. He's the I forget the band he's from. He's a Florida death metal guy. He tried out. He's in that in that video of people trying out for Dream Theater. Do you see my eye twitching? I do. Okay. So he was in there. It was Derek Roddy. Um, Mike Mangini, obviously. Mike Mangini, who um, ended up getting the job. Virgil Donati. Virgil Donati, who was a fucking monster. But a douche of a human. Like, he's really? a dick to people. I've I heard met more him than once. one account. Was, I, I met him 20-something years ago at a drum clinic. He was he was cool then. But I, heard, then I heard another drum clinic story where he was just snippy. Yeah. Well, who knows? If it he was could have been a bad day. Jet lagged as he's flying from Australia. Also, the person who was talking to him might have been a dick. Yeah, you, never, really you can't judge. really go by it. But, um, um, oh my God. Um, German drummer. Uh, he's in uh, Aristoc- Aristocrats. Oh, Marco out. Miniman. Thank you. I, I don't know why I could not remember his name. Because it doesn't sound German. Miniman you said does. Miniman? Yeah. Doesn't sound German to me. Sounds German to me. Sounds English. No, and he's with, no it sounds. Miniman. Yeah. Miniman. Saying he's a widower? A widowman? He's a widow. He's a widow man. <laughs> anyway. That's why the mic was so low. I did all the mic testing yesterday okay. with Devin. Okay, got it. He was like, uh, I don't know what to say. I'm like, yeah, neither do I. Don't worry about it. We never do. He's a little man. Yeah. But anyway, back to uh, Sons. But speaking of the bridge between progressive and death metal, mm-hmm. Marco Miniman is the drummer for Necrophagist. Yes. Yeah. Brutal. But in this case... This band, this configuration, Billy Sheehan playing surprisingly more conservatively, I think, in this band than anything else. 50-50 because he is doing a lot of fretless stuff on in the album with because uh, if you pay attention to the live videos, he's playing a double neck. Top is fretless. Nope. Yep. Some of this stuff is. I was going to say fretless. he has two. He has two double neck bases. Mm-hmm. The the primary one he uses is um, both four strings. But they're tuned, standard tuning on the bottom, which mm-hmm. is your EADG for every bassist yeah. ever. And then the top is the lower section of a five sec, uh, five string, which is BEAD. Yeah. Redundant, but I, un- I I do understand why he does it. Yeah. What the song calls for. No. It's actually, he wants the ability to play the lower notes of a five string, but he doesn't want the thicker neck. Mm-hmm. So he said, I want the idea of the way baritone guitars will be tuned you know, B-E-A-D, he w- doesn't want to play like a like a six-string player, doesn't want to play a seven-string. He wants to play a five-string without the extra string. Mm-hmm. So he wants to keep that neck thickness. Right. So the only way to do that yeah. is to double neck. Yeah. And a $15,000 solution to a $99 problem. Yeah. And the band that I was I did Countess uh, Bathory with, bass player played a five-string bass. It was a five-string Ibanez, but he didn't put the low B on. I uh E A D G C C yeah he put the high C on instead. So when I joined um Shadow Demise back then it was Drown in Blood. Mm-hmm. They I think it might have been something even before that I think it was Grid Nine. Yeah I don't know I it was before me yeah. I can't I don't judge it I just don't I think that's what it was called. So when I joined the guy who I was replacing Vic played a Conklin five string bass okay but he was missing the low B. As in, it was just an empty spell. It was spot, just an empty he, slot. Or no. what Adam did, where he put the higher. No, he, he okay. instead of going in a different direction, he just didn't have a string on there. And that, bo- just looking at it. So it's, a, it's me. the Max Cavalera situation. Yeah, where he, he doesn't has, have the two high strings on the guitar. 
Oh, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. We okay. will get to that. Okay. It's not on this list, I thankfully. I, I thought I heard him. Oh, yeah. Um. So, um, Bumblefoot, Ronthal. I hate that fucking name. He's such a phenomenal guitarist. He's another guy who plays a double neck, but his is a fretless, fretless guitar with an aluminum fretboard, fretboard. And then the other one is a standard fretted six string. I hope that didn't come across. Um, I think it did. Fucking Windows. I'm getting yeah. real pissed at Windows Defender. Yeah. But this um, is not sponsored by Microsoft because fuck you guys for keeping keeping up interrupting us. Yes. It's both computers now. Um, yeah. So what were we saying? Uh, Bumblefoot. Bumblefoot. Yeah. Uh, played with Guns N' Roses. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't hold that against him. I hate Guns N' Roses. I'm 50, 50 on him, but I'm not going to go out of my way. Did he also play in the same, in the same lineup as the current drummer from, uh, the Foo Fighters? I believe that was Chinese democracy era. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. I, Tommy Suflato. I cannot pronounce his name. If you put it, Tommy Kafutis. So I, I guess I from could, he toured yeah. with Ozzy. Yes. Yeah. Not Tommy Kafutis. It was. Isn't he the drummer in F- Foo Fighters now? No. Here we go. Now you just get to watch us Google yeah. shit. Yeah. Well, keep talking while yeah, I look. No, I'm not. No, I'm going to stare in here. Stare. John Freese. Josh. Josh Freese. Josh Freese. I need to learn how to read. Yeah, really. Top to bottom, left to right, put oh words together God. to form sentences. Backwards. Take. You know, Tylenol for headaches, Mitol for cramps. Let mm-hmm. me know if you have any problems. That's a Tommy Boy reference. I haven't seen that movie in 20 some odd I years. I quote it daily. Yeah. And he said, how you doing today? I'm like, chubby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Josh Freeze was also in Weezer and Nine Inch Nails. Interesting. Fuck Weezer. I like Nine Inch Nails, so not fuck them. Okay. Back to Sons of yeah. Apollo. Back to Sons of Apollo. Uh, Bumblefoot. I, every time I say it, I make yeah. myself angry. So Ron Thal has also done stuff uh, with the band Geeks out in, uh, in Staten Island. Okay. Uh, great covers of Iron Maiden stuff. He's a phenomenal guitarist. He has several albums on his own. Uh, f- terrific, terrific guitarist. I think better than uh, Buckethead. Yes. And Buckethead's kind of a... He's a... I'm not saying he's, he's a, a bad gimmick. guitar player. Not taken away from no, his he's playing a human at gimmick. all. But he's a gimmick. He's a human gimmick, but he's an, a phenomenal guitar player. Yeah. But I don't like his style. Right. It's too buzzy. Mm-hmm. Which you think the guy with the bumble in his name would be a little more buzzy. He's not. But, yeah. But this, this and Derek Sherinian. Is Derek Sherinian. He's a big time hired gun. Yes. Uh, the, if there's act, remember the uh, John Sykes live album I used to play at Roxy all the time. Oh yeah, he's playing. He's on that. It used to. I used to walk up the stairs and go, "Here we go." Yep, <laughs> he's playing. Yeah, but he's he's on that one. He actually uh, was uh, played keyboards for Kiss on tour behind the stage because they don't want to have a keyboard player on stage. That was actually. The, I think that might have been the same tour uh, that um, ZO2 played. Mm, no. Because that was when I saw them at the Garden in 90. 90? 9-0? Yeah. 9-0. Oh, yeah, no. That I, was the, I'm that, corrected. That was... Uh, oh, no, he might have done the tour at... No. Um, the We're talking ZO2, 2000s. No, no, no. This was back non before they put the makeup back on. Oh, God. That he was with them. Because by 2000s, he had already played with um, with Dream Theater that yes. he was doing Planet X and all the other stuff. And he, he was working with Tony McAlpine for a little bit. Yes. The, was it Tony McAlpine Trio? Or yes. Was, okay. And then there was something else that he was doing, again, with Portnoy in it. Well, he I ended can't... up doing some of those, like, one-off shows where they did 
a band's like the cover sets. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The Beatles, and then mm-hmm. they did the Beatles. Die and I went with um, that was Yellow Holland. Mustard Clown. Ye- Yellow Mustard Custard. Co- Yellow Mustard. Co- fuck yeah, uh, we went. We went to see it at BB King. I'm with starting a, to turn into my into yeah, Grassy now. Yeah, with with uh, Colin from Fall of the Albatross. Ah, uh, yes. It's another group that we should try to promote more. They just had an album come out. Did it come out already, or is it I coming think out? It's coming. I, I know. Actually, I do know this is coming out. Hopefully soon. This episode. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay, this episode is coming out tomorrow, so they are playing this Friday coming up somewhere in Brooklyn. I want to say it is a place called Purgatory. Where it is, I have no fucking clue, but I do know that um, Harold told me they were playing on the 18th at Purgatory. That sounds completely made up. Although it could be a fact that the place is so bad he's considering it Purgatory, but if you work for that place, do not quote me on that. I'm just trying to be funny. I'm looking it up. Because I actually follow them on uh, Instagram. It is a place called Purgatory. It's okay. at Purgatory. Uh, August 18th. Mm-hmm. It's Fall of the Albatross for their album release. Valence and Splinter. Uh, Splinternet. It's Prague and Pancakes 2. If they're serving pancakes, I'm going to be so <laughs> fucking mad. Not that, I, not that I want pancakes. I do. But that's not why I would be mad. It's just infuriating. Yeah, I can't be there for to throw pancakes to, at them. I, no, I like I, those guys. I know. I, I really, know. I genuinely like them. I that, like the time we built Colin's computer. Yeah, he's like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, all right, okay, we're there. We'll do it. You know, he did more work on his computer since then. On his own? Yeah. Good for you, Colin. He uh, he put a water block on his video card. <gasps> I'm proud of you. So proud you're big now boy that now. Everybody listening has just turned the podcast off. They stopped listening <laughs> at fucking Iron Maiden. Yeah, probably. So yeah, back to us. Uh, We're sons. not funny together. I know. We're just nerds. Yeah, I know. I know. You know what happens? This is gonna I, suck. I'm sorry. I say I say dirty shit to make Mike lose it. You don't lose your shit to the shit I say normally. I, I just roll I get, my like, eyes. One out of you. Yeah. Oh, it usually has to be something real fucking bad. Right. But uh, back to uh, Sons of Apollo. Um, this is what Dream Theater should have stayed as if Portnoy was in the band, and not what they became. I still think they should have kicked out my young. 10 years ago i'm, I'm indifferent to him he it's, fills it's the not spot that and that's it i am indifferent but they could have gotten somebody like billy sheehan or mm-hmm. any other uh talented bassist it's yeah. he's he is specifically john Mung is specifically talented but he is um uh wet wallpaper yeah very 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 bland bland he's a, a elmer's glue yeah <laughs> he's holding it together but nothing interesting you know what i mean yep and next yeah spock's beard with the healing colors of sound i like this i did i love neil morse's voice um spock's beard has wait was this him who this is neil morse's voice yes this is neil morse yeah because i know he's not in the band anymore they had a total of three singers he left two albums after this yes because god told him to we have a rule that I don't talk about religion. Yeah. But religion has l- led to the leaving of two different singers in this list. Roy Khan left Camelot and became, well, I don't know if he was already a devout Christian, but very Christian. Okay. And then released other stuff. I thought he quit that was music Christian altogether. Music? Oh, yeah. Like Neil Morse. Oh, mm, not as good. Oh, okay. I was going to say, <laughs> I was like, no. Well, no, uh, Neil yeah. Morse's stuff is very Christian. Yeah. Um, 
he he has a concept album about the life of Martin Luther in the beginning of the Protestant Re- Reformation. Okay, remember when I said I'm a nerd? Yeah, I'm not that bad. <laughs> I but have... it is a good album. Is the problem? My brain immediately goes, Martin Luther. You know how to take 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 somebody down a peg. Mm-hmm. You just add DJ before their name. And I usually use the reference DJ Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> it immediately takes all the credibility oh, away. That's bad. Do you remember my first Discord name? Dr. Dave? No, DJ Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And no, that told, one I don't remember. You told me to change no, it immediately. that one I don't remember. That must have been somebody else. I don't remember that one. Yeah, no, I, I put it up. He goes, what are you doing? <laughs> I must have blocked that out because I really don't remember It was that. bad. It was that. It was Dr. Drildo. That I remember. And then Dr. Dave. And now it's Dr. Cuchillo. Because I couldn't think of anything else. And my dad wanted to name me Knife. Mm-hmm. What do you got there? A knife! <laughs> so. It's a family thing. Yeah, it works. Does it? I guess. Not really. Uh, works for you guys. But Spock's Beard is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, who's playing drums on this? Uh, Nick DiVirgilio. Nick DiVirgilio. Who ends up singing on. Later on. On the next like handful of albums. I was gonna say, is it Snow? He sang one. Snow was the last out, al- the last album with Neil Morris on it. That means Spock's beard. Spock's beard is the one that I love. Right. Not it's nothing against Neil Morris. I specifically loved Valley of the Impact and Surfing Down the yes. Avalanche, and that's all Nick DiVirgilio. Yeah. Well, it's not. Well, it's all him singing, but yes, it's not him right. writing. Uh, because they actually started bringing the first album without Neil Morris was called Feel Euphoria, and it was kind of. It was a little rough, but they were bringing outside writers in and this because they were just trying to get their feet under themselves again Yeah, after it happened. And Spock's Beard, Spock's Beard is a fantastic album. And then they have another album, X, 10, like the 10th album, which was... I can't make fun of that because Symphony X, their fifth yeah. album is called V or 5. Yeah, well, look at Chicago. Every album is numbered, you know. Do I really want to look at Chicago? <laughs> I like them. But <laughs> anyway, um, you know, but th- those two are fantastic albums. But at that point, even though it's the same musicians it's a very different band sound wise by that point oh yeah no there this is one of those bands that you can hear evolve and by the way for, by the way uh, the star trek reference that this takes their name yeah. from is hilarious and, and you know every- how it happened no they were it was neil morris nick Virgilio, their wives or girlfriend respective wives and girlfriends at the time and i forget who else actually i think no, no. You got to already... take out your wife and your girlfriend. No, you, you know, I, no, I was going to say, I think Kevin Gilbert was there, but he had already passed by this point. Um, Please don't choke yourself while masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. You brought I him know, up. I, know. I, didn't I, didn't, him I up. didn't mean to do it like that, but yeah, you anyway, did. it was like one of those nights where everything was just like, the, it was happening opposite. Like, you know, like everything was just going wrong. Things weren't going right. Everything was backwards. They're like, oh, it's like that episode of Star Trek where Spock had the beard and Spock's beard. There you go. I already forgot the name of the band I wanted to use. <laughs> oh, God. It was inappropriate. Uh, something Hammer. Melatonin Hammer. There oh, we okay. go. <laughs> yes. That's all right. I'll get it off the recording at the end. Either yeah. way, Melatonin Hammer coming soon all over you. See, it doesn't affect you the same yeah. way. I, I've been listening to this for over 20 years. It doesn't. It doesn't know, phase. It doesn't phase me to. anymore. I have to say something really fucking yeah. dirty. To it's get like him. at the games. You say random things. Everybody out the table is cracking up. And I'm and just you're like, like, Jesus Christ. Oh, come on. Come on. Really? <laughs> you and Jenny. Jenny's just like, <laughs> I said yes to this idiot. I don't know how to stop that. Uh, just can you mute this system? 
Uh, we'll fuck around with it yeah, later. Yeah, fuck it. it. We're almost done with this one. Yeah. Um, so, Surprisingly, yeah. it has not taken us three hours to go through, through two hours through, worth of music. You want to try that again? Three hours, 11 minutes. Really? Yeah. You know You know why? Because you when your I, put shit. The, I skipped my stuff because I've been listening to listening to it for years because a lot like a bunch like all my songs on this list are also all take with the exception of Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner are all taking me back to Roxy. Yeah. End of the night, bands are finishing up. I would just purposely put some, like, Flower King, Spock's Beard, something lighter, more, I don't even want to say positive, but just lighter, more airy, more uh, translate, more, like, even, like, kind of wake you up kind to of thing. To get you up and out. Because it was one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, had to start getting ready to get out of there. So I've heard these songs so many times yeah. that I don't need to go back to it. I mean, like, I still listen to it, but I don't need to. Which, are you ready for the last track? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> also, the band Yes with Heart of the Sunrise. So this was the first Yes song I had heard mm-hmm. that I knew what it was. Okay. I had heard Roundabout before, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what it was at the time. Okay. Owner of a Lonely Heart. Yeah, yeah, I heard it, but I didn't register it as right. being Yes. It, it still doesn't feel like a Yes song to me because it's, it's so poppy. poppy. Yeah. This is not. Right. This is straight up just intense progressive. And it touched it like this is another one of those things where when I heard it, it just touched a place in my mm-hmm. heart that was like, I want to hear this forever. Yeah. And the the lyrics, I'm not a huge fan of his voice. I'm OK with it. But the thing is, I like Rush. I'm fine with the high pitch. It wasn't the high pitch. It was where it was in the mix that felt funny to me. All right. I can see it's that. not a, it's not a problem with with the voice. Um. Years later, I heard the band geeks cover this. Okay. And hearing a female sing this mm-hmm. was even better. Okay. Because she has an airy voice and yet still powerful. And it was able, it cut through differently. Mm-hmm. And the band geeks usually try to do everything as close to the original right. as possible. The other thing is also, what year was this? Oh, I have no idea. But I'm just saying technology Oh, yeah. No, I know technology's not on, on my know, side there. Yeah. No, it, it is what it is. You know, it's one of those things like they probably recorded this on an eight track board. You yes. know, and it, like, and I'm not talking about like eight channels per thing. It's just like eight tracks. That's everything. Yeah. It's also funny is I went to look it up and it's like 1992. I'm like, that's fuck you. Reissue. No, it's not. Yeah. It was a remaster and, and not even close. Yeah. He's got it. Don't worry. But this. I want to say, I want to say 71. It can't be that early. Uh, it can't be 71. I'll say 75. 71. Fuck. Longest song off. Yes. A 71 album. Fragile. Fucking so good. Yeah. The only complaint I have on this song is it is not close to the edge. Just because I love that song. It is a good song. That's the only complaint I can come up with it. I get it is freaking perfect. I get so much shit from other people like, but you like yes, but you don't like rush? Correct. But it's different. It's just a different feel. It's different feels. It's different band. Yes is a lot more uh it fall to me anyway, falls a lot more into the Flower King's hippie mentality with a lot of this stuff. Oh, absolutely. And Rush is more Dungeons and Dragons and not fantasy. Really, not really. I don't know. I, I every every D&D comment I've ever heard has the word Rush in it mm, or in the background. I That's like three songs. Oh, I don't think it's specifically about the songs. I think it's the type of music and the type of environment that it kind of mm, gives. Maybe. I don't think it, I don't think the music is that level of fantasy for me, yeah. 
I think of like D and D music where it would be Bardcore. <laughs> fuck you. Oh, go fuck yourself. There is a stick in the other room. Oh God, I hate that shit. No, what I meant is more like Iron Maiden, Symphony X, um, Camelot. Yeah, know, for me, Maiden is more D and D music. Nightwish, Manowar. Yeah. Is more D and D music. Oh god, I'm not saying Manowar is good. Joey I'm just saying, De- yeah, Joey DeMeo fucking finger fucking a bass. But um, <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> back to yes. <laughs> it's fucking terrible, and a piccolo bass, and yeah, no, this is amazing. Yes, is phenomenal. This is another one of those bass tones that I can't, I can't replicate because I don't play with a pick. Is it using a Rick also? He's using a Rickenbacker, which has that double output. Mm-hmm. And it's got that extra twang to it. <laughs> the twink? Yeah, you know what I mean. You didn't want to say the twink. No, it's twang. Yeah, no, there's a there's a there's a a a Rickenbacker tone that literally they call the Ricco sound. It's actually on the output jack. Yeah. It's completely different than most other basses. And it made like when you say Rickenbacker, I actually don't think of this, even though I should. Mm-hmm. I think of um when Paul Gilbert was doing the racer X stuff and he was doing instructional videos in between songs, he'd have a band and that band would play racer X songs. They play, you know, Tesla, uh, not Tesla song, uh, Mr. Mr. Big. Big songs. And one of them was scarified and Marco Miniman on drums and their bassist was playing the ugliest standard colored burst Rick. Okay. It was just standard. Yeah. Like but a tobacco burst kind of thing. Yeah. Or the sunburst tobacco. Okay. I hate tobacco burst colors. It just rubs me the wrong way. Just to stay on the Rick thing for one second, Dave Miros, bass player of Spock's Beard, plays a Rick, but changed the pickup pickups out to P bass pickups. That's funny. Cause I I don't know if that affects the sound as much as the the split outputs. Right. Cause the they're actually more than if you count this, I don't know what Jonas Rangel was playing. It looked custom. Yamaha. Nobody plays Yamahas, which is crazy, except for... John Myung used to. John Myung used to. Billy Sheehan does. Yes. But his is set up like a Rick with dual outputs. Mm-hmm. But nothing special about the outputs. It's literally one-to-one pickup, one-to-the-other, and volume for both. Yeah. Which is interesting, but uh, I won't spend $4,000 on a four-string bass. I refuse. Mm-mm. No, nah, fuck that. But I love... Okay, so... This tone doesn't work this bass tone doesn't work in any other style of music or any other song Mm, i don't think it works like it doesn't feel like it would work with like i guess iron maiden maiden it wouldn't but it works with rush plug that bass tone into yyz which he plays he He used to play a rick Rick, he was playing a rick but he plays a jazz bass now yes no rush yeah correct i couldn't stop myself i could not stop getty Getty Lee play, played a, jazz, a Rickenbacker jazz. and now plays a, a Fender Jazz. And then he moved to a Steinberg for a bit in the 80s. <sighs> okay, true story. I'm walking down um, the street in Manhattan last week. I hear I hear guitar, and I'm figuring it's a guy sitting on the corner somewhere playing. No, this guy crosses the street coming towards me. Like, not me in particular. It just happens that I'm going this way, and he's coming this way. Kind of looks like Jeff from Roxy a little bit, but it's definitely not him because he's too way too young to be Jeff. He's got a practice amp over his shoulder, and he's playing a red Steinberg. Headless. 
Yeah. Because Steinberg's no, no, headless. Yeah. One of the, I, I just stopped. I was like, dude, I love your fucking guitar. He's like, thanks. They just keeps playing guitar walking down the street. That is the, that is one of the most hipster things I've ever heard. But I don't care. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't make fun. There's technically a headless bass in my house. Okay. But is that because you broke it off? No. Okay. It's, 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 um, it's a Kiesel. Do not know them. Kiesel's a custom guitar. It used okay. to be, uh, they bought a P, was it not PV? What, what brand did Vi use that, that guitar Evidence? head that explode, exploded? I have no idea. You don't remember those? They used to burn? No. On purpose? No. It was like him, John Patitucci, explode. I th- crate was it crate? No, Carvin. Carvin. Okay. So Carvin was bought out by Kiesel. Okay. And now everything they do is is custom. So yeah. Look up Kiesel. They're they're very specific shapes and styles. One of my old guitar players had a custom Carvin ages ago. This is back when you get the the cat like the little catalog the in the catalog. mail. It was like freaking ninety three, ninety four. Oh man, I remember those days, looking for bases. Now th- those are the standards, but when you start looking at the, the Vader and the I think it's Vader Osiris, okay. Zeus. Um, one band that used to come through Roxy, Possible Logic, Joe Kyle on guitar. Oh yeah, I remember Joe Kyle. He had the Steinberg like this, with uh, the Va- the Kiesel uh, Vader body. But that, that is the base that is sitting. That is the body shape for okay. the base that is sitting in my house. But he had um, MIDI, not mine. He had MIDI pickups put into it. Also very fucking weird. Yeah. That's so, a lot of tonal possibilities, but none of them very great. No, it was fantastic. He I mean, didn't, for him. No, he didn't use an amp. He actually would keep a, a self, like kind of what uh, all the Albatross uses, their self-powered um, PA speakers for their guitars. He would keep one of, he'd have two of them there, hook it up, whatever. He was playing keyboard. He was like basically like a synth player, but at a guitar. At a guitar. Yeah, that's that's a way to do it. Yeah. Um, those guys follow the Albatross. They also use Helix. Yeah, the helix pedals, which are whatever you it's want. It's a supercomputer in a in a foot pedal. And I use I at home. I use a s- small version. I use the stomp version because I don't need the onboard controls. I don't change a lot of settings when I play. Now nowadays, it's mostly just practice. I want to want to do something, but my brain doesn't let me. But uh, I can never get that yes sound. Even buying like you know Rick Beato. Yeah. If you don't know Rick Beato, look him up on YouTube. Um, he sells um patches for these okay these, uh effect units okay so i bought the um stomp ones for him it's like a i think it's like 10 different uh settings mm-hmm. no irs no uh impulse responses but these nearly sounding like um settings and he gets pretty close the only mm-hmm. one i don't agree with was his uh his lemmy all right it just doesn't like I can't. It's not dirty enough. It's it's no, it's it's so dirty that you can't hear the notes. But I think that's also because Lemmy played a Rickenbacker through a Marshall through a Marshall amp. I don't even think that was a bass amp. It was just no, a, it was guitar a guitar amp, amp with like 10. I think it was like a was it 10, eight inch speakers, something ridiculous. I think so. Something gaudy and absurd. Yeah. It was beautiful. At the same time, it was disastrous. But yeah, back to yeah, yes. Back again, to yes. They're phenomenal. Uh, this, you know, the thought, oh, I want this played at my funeral. Mm-hmm. This might be what I want played at my funeral. Okay. Just to confuse the shit out of people. All right. A little death to, metal, some yeah, of this. I'm trying to think of what I would want now. It's not working right. 
<laughs> just demone. <laughs> nah. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe some Steel Panther. Some white. <laughs> Is it community property? Nah. Glory hole? Nah. Gangbang at the old folks' home? Nah. Everything, everything Steel Panther, Panther does is inappropriate. Bad. It's all inappropriate. Yeah. None of it holds up. It ages like fine milk. <laughs> all right. So I think we've bored everybody to death before with uh, everything. Mm-hmm. Before we go. We were putting groceries away yesterday. Oh, boy. And I noticed there. my, my wife bought a, a sliver of watermelon. Okay. And I guess forgot it was on the top shelf Ooh. on top of something. It turned into. Um, Did it attack you? No, it, it had ectoplasm coming <laughs> off of it. So we get that into the garbage bag upon bag to keep the stink out. I'm getting nauseous talking about it. So you don't want me to talk about what I found in the yard at work? No, we'll get to that. Okay. I don't even want to talk about so it. So I'm cleaning off the shelf and I in the corner, I noticed my, my in-laws, they use half and half for their coffee. Mm-hmm. There are four containers of half and half. Expired in March? close one may one uh two in may two in june i say this to my wife she goes just leave them there i go why she goes they'll yell at you if you throw them out i went all right are they solidified i don't want to know i'm not shaking them you think i'm gonna shake them dude i'm getting nauseous just thinking about it so i take them out of the fridge i stand them up i clean the i take the whole tray out i clean that i put it back i dry it off i put them back and i go I'll see you guys in another month when they come home from Florida because they're not home yet. They've been away the whole summer. This stuff has been sitting there. And I I wanted her to text them. And she's like, they're just going to get mad. I go, who are they mad at themselves? Yeah. Like, they can't be mad at us for not drinking it. It's half and half. What are you going to make? Fucking smoothies? Gross. All right. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, if you're still with us. um, You're not. You can uh, find uh, Mike's Instagram at noogs29. Yeah, he'll be posting surgical updates uh, on the regular. Not pictures, obviously, because Instagram won't let you show the tip. But I think you might be able to find that if you follow him on X, (laughs) a.k.a. Twitter, or whatever it's called now. And I think his username on there is ouch, they took too much. Ouch, too much, 20%. You feel good about that, don't you? No. (laughs) Nobody feels good about 20% off. There's a joke there somewhere. I know it. Um, I'm basher.exe. We are hit the stage podcast on Instagram, hit the stage podcast at gmail.com, hit the stage podcast.com. And on YouTube, we are Mike and Dave hit the stage. I don't know how to fix that. I don't think we're going (laughs) to. Eventually you can, I think. Somewhere down the line, we're either going to figure it out or not. Yeah. We, everything or just, or just start a else. new feed, start a new feed and call it a day. And then yeah, we'll lose the the whole 20, 20 views per. Okay, I wish I was kidding. Um, I'm no, one of the them. best. <laughs> one of our videos got like two hundred like two hundred views, and it was the clutch one. <laughs> of, cor- of, course, of course, it's the thing I'm not in love with. I'm yeah. like, it's better, but I'm yeah. not in love because people probably were looking for something with clutch, and yeah. there you go. But they were you guys are you guys and... are listening. Uh, I don't know if you're watching. If you want to watch, you can watch us. We look like shit. Yeah, it's not much to look at, but hey. I look like a pound of butter in a fucking paper bag. Put it on in the background while you're working from home. There you go. Yeah, if you're working it at home, you can always put us on in the background. Oh, yeah. And on that <laughs> note. Oh, also, um, Luigi, um, his band. Now my brain stopped. The Weege is playing a show. 
uh, Monday. Um, tonight? I mean, tomorrow night? Tomorrow night. Or tonight as you're listening to this? That would be Monday the 14th at 9 o'clock at the Let Love In in Astoria. Okay. By the way, the it's the nicest place. It's a quiet little bar. They play so amazingly. Check them out on Bandcamp. I could, two days I've been trying to remember Bandcamp. I had to actually yeah. say it to get it out. Or um, are you looking at it there? Oh, yeah. No, that's also... Yeah. and Also, also f- check out Fall of the Albatross, Friends of the Show. Friend, well, Friends of Ours. That sounds they're... douchey to say Friends of the Show. But, um, the show. Yeah, but, uh, you know, check them out on Bandcamp. Check them out on social media. Amazing instrumental progressive music. Crazy stuff. Absolutely. Fantastic guys. And um, they're playing this Friday at Purgatory in Brooklyn. Um it's not giving me the address, so I can't put that out there or the time. Yeah, I heard that. I was trying to ignore it, but I saw you looking around. Yeah, I don't know what the hell that was. Something fell somewhere. And they're actually putting out vinyls for you uh, record collectors Ooh. out there. I might have to get one to uh, put it on my Vinyl wall, weirdos. Considering that I don't have a um, uh, turntable. No, but you do have it on your wall. That's what I said. I would put it on my wall. A nice little wall collection. Yeah. Basically, so do this. You know, I have Apple Music. You got Spotify. You got youtube music fuck that shit support the bands you like and buy direct if you buy can. direct if you can buy at the store if you can because that helps them also um bands i like have Bandcamp is another one the bands get i believe like 80 percent of the yeah. uh money off of that versus like a cent on the dollar off of each off of itunes or whatever it is yeah the streaming services are really not doing any anybody help except for the big wigs and yeah. that's it so Bands I like, they have an album coming out. I buy it direct from them. I get it on vinyl just because of the nostalgia and factor. Cash. Unfortunately, can't do that when I'm buying stuff from overseas. Well, but yeah, but if you're buying from a band in person, cash is king. Specifically because we want to avoid taxes. Because you know, what's more punk than avoiding the government? Right, Mike. Here, <laughs> I really want to put a right <laughs> in his voice right there. I really do. Do it. Um, we also want to talk about Assist, Joe's project. He's working on new music. Yes. Um, oh, Joe, I'm an asshole. Dave gave me your number to call you like three months ago, and I'm just a freaking idiot because what happens to me is I, I get up early. I go to sleep early. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to call somebody during the day. I'm busy at work, or they might be busy at work, and then life happens. The day happens, and then I'm like, oh, I'm about to go to sleep. Oh, I'll text them tomorrow, and then three months later, this happens. Yeah. George, if you're listening – because Mike gave me your number almost a year ago. I don't know who George is. Uh, George Stella Madison. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Now I know who George yeah. is. Same thing. One of these days, I'm going to get in touch with you. One of these days. One of these days. If not, just ask these guys for my number and there because I'm a jackass. He is. Yeah. I can verify that. Yeah. Oh, man. All the time's like, yeah, I'll call you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm guilty of it, too. We're all guilty of it. Yeah, but I'm more of an idiot with it than others. No, I don't think you're any more of an idiot with it. It's hard, especially when you have one of those early day jobs. I have an evening job. You're going to sleep when I'm getting up. We're close to it. What time do you get up in the morning? 4, 4.30. No, I'm in bed at least two hours by then. Okay. But not not by much. Mm -hmm. It's not much of a... Last night, not so much. I was up till 4.45. Yeah. Good times. Just couldn't sleep. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, for now, mm-hmm. we'll be seeing you soon. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Hail Halford. Hail Halford. Hail Halford.